How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily podcast on the New York Knicks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to Locked On Knicks. I'm your host, James Marcita, and this is episode 159. One quick programming note. I'm going on vacation. So this is my last podcast until next Tuesday, August 2nd. You know, I'm bringing my mic with me because I'm hustling. You know what I mean? And if Melo gets traded, or if Kyrie comes to the Knicks, then I'll do an emergency pod. But otherwise, I'm taking a vacay. It's not even like... No, it's it's going to be a fun vacay. I'm going to LA, uh, so that's nice. But it's also to see family, which is also fun, and I miss all my family. But it's not one of those like exotic locales, you know? So don't begrudge me. I need a little bit of time off. I scheduled this a long time ago. But yeah, going on vacay. I guess people expect me to talk about Derrick Rose. He signed a one-year, $2.1 million contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's the uh, report anyway from Shams Charania of the Vertical. Out Woj and Woj. Look out, Woj. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder who was behind these scoops all along. But anyway, Derek Rose is with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Apparently he passed his physical. Uh, Whatever. My overarching uh, emotion with Rose is I'm just like bored of talking about him. It's just been an... It's more than boredom. It's just annoyance. From the beginning of his tenure to the end. It was dumb that they traded for him. Uh, Everything that you worried about came true. He did hold the ball too much. Um, I don't know if you can say he stunted Kristaps' growth. But he certainly didn't help it. Uh, He got injured at the end of the season with another serious season-ending knee injury. Um, when he was traded uh, for an actual useful player on a good contract in Robin Lopez, um, he was embroiled in a sexual assault scandal on his way over. Uh, you know, I don't really know for sure what happened that night, and I'm not going to speak too much more on it, but the things he said in the affidavit. Uh, and in his, you know, uh, whatever it's called when they sit down and question you in a room uh, before you go to uh, court. 
you know, uh, he looked like a dummy at best or guilty at worst. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened, but he didn't seem like a like a good guy. I'm not, you know, in position to ultimately judge anyone. But <laughs> it wasn't someone I was looking forward to having on the team. And then he didn't play any defense. He played such bad defense that it just ruined every like you would watch him break plays immediately, like so quickly. Were there any positives? Like he had a couple, you know, whirling dervish layups that were sort of exciting. Uh, but I'm glad he's with Cleveland now. I didn't want to see him on the Knicks next year. Um, oh, I forgot. And he missed a game without saying anything, without telling anyone. And I guess I got to thank him for exposing the just sheer lunacy and complete hypocrisy of Phil Jackson, who was fine with that, missing an actual game, but almost traded the centerpiece of the franchise because he skipped an exit meeting. So thank you, Derek Rose, for that. Otherwise, you're on your way. I don't really want to talk about you anymore. I'm glad you're gone. Whatever. I hope you find peace. You're not the answer for Cleveland. Good luck. In other Nick news, the Knicks have a new assistant general manager. Woohoo! Picture like an entire marching band coming out of your headphones and into wherever you are right now and walking around. And everyone looking around and being like, what is that about? And you're like, Nick's just got a new assistant GM. And then they all nod knowingly, and they're like, yes, I understand the excitement now. That's how excited I am. His name is Gerald Madkins. He's got the word mad in his last name. It's good by my book. What do we know about him? What do we know about this guy, Gerald Madkins? Well, he worked for the Knicks under the Isaiah regime from 2003 to 2007. Oh, no! This is not a big deal, as we'll get to in a minute. He was credited with drafting, or at least like suggesting the Knicks should draft, Trevor Ariza with the 43rd overall pick during his time there. That's like his big accomplishment. This is per Frank Asola of the Daily News. That's good value right there. Seems like a smart guy, right? He has worked under Daryl Morey and Sam Presti, the golden gods, the infallible... Gods, I already used that word. They're not men. <laughs> Haven't you? Sam Presti signed Patrick Patterson this offseason. He's unimpeachable. The man could do no wrong. And uh, Gerald Mackins worked for him, so that's good. He most recently worked for the Los Angeles Clippers. What's that sound? It's the autonomy alert. You could uh, see this as a potential sign that... What's this guy's name again? Scott Perry. (laughs) I'll remember it one of these days. That Scott Perry has uh, the power to make some of his own decisions. Uh, Alan Houston did not get the assistant GM role. So, interesting news there. What does this mean for Clarence Gaines? Frank Asola wonders aloud. Well, 
We'll get to that in a second, but first, guys, I gotta tell you about my favorite app for getting tickets. That's right, it's SeatGeek. We've been over this before, but SeatGeek is just the app you use if you need tickets for any sort of event. They pull them in for everywhere, from everywhere. They spit them out into your mobile device in a format that's super easy to use. You can find whatever seats you want. You want the cheapest seats? They got those. You want the best seats? They got those. It's like if you were, how do I search something? Oh, I go to Google. How do I find seats? I go to SeatGeek. Go there. Get your tickets. Do the thing. And if it's your first time using SeatGeek, enter code L-O-N-B-A. That's right. L-O-N-B-A. And you'll get $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Yeah. <laughs> that jingles free of charge, SeatGeek. But if you want more gold like that, it's going to cost you. That's all I got to say. All right, so what does it mean for Clarence Gaines that Gerald Madkins is in? You know, Frank Casola was stirring it up. This means he could be gone. He was Phil's right-hand man. If you don't know who Clarence Gaines is, shame on you. But he's widely credited with being the guy who was like, we got to draft Chris Epps. I would pick him first overall. So, I mean, it could be a loss if we lose Clarence Gaines. It could not be. He's not the only guy who knows how to scout. He scouted well for the Knicks, but the Knicks scouted well before Clarence Gaines came here. Um, it's sad to see someone leave, if he does leave, who would wear dashiki and ask weird questions to prospects. I love that. Throw him off a little bit. Um, but there are other teams out there scouting players and winning championships and making the playoffs and not trading for Andrea Bargnani. And, you know, they, they have survived without Clarence Gaines, so we can too. Uh, we'll see what happens. But welcome to the fold, Gerald Madkins. Really good to have you. Something else interesting from that Frank Asola piece. Scott Perry is considering bringing in a salary cap expert. And, like, that would be his role. I say that's great. Why not two of these guys? We got endless money. I want two differing... I want two salary cap experts... Who have like different opinions and they battle it out, team of rivals style. Like one guy believes in like treating the salary cap holistically. I'm gonna abandon this bit right now because I got that's good. Whatever, right? Uh, bring in the salary guy. Um, interestingly enough, right now the VP of basketball operations, Jamie Matthews, is considered their capologist. He's the VP of basketball operations. The salary cap's confusing. You ever looked around the collective bargaining agreement and tried to figure that stuff out? They should they should have at least one guy. I'm like, you know, maybe two. Like I said. Uh, you know, this Jamie guy, he's been here 14 years. Who knows what he's been up to? What he's been plotting behind the scenes. Maybe it's Jamie Matthews' fault all along. It sucks that, you know, GMs come in and can't fire people, but they're not the reason that the Knicks have kept losing. It's not like random people like Jamie Matthews who can't be fired. It's annoying, and it sticks in your craw. But the reason is stupid GMs and stupid Dolan stepping in. I honestly think if Dolan just leaves it alone, he'll stumble on a good GM, and the Knicks will be good at some point. I think we're almost there. I really do. 
If it's not Scott Perry, it's the next one. I don't think once you say I don't know anything about basketball, you can't come in and start making decisions. And you can have all the like slimy, weaselly, like Jared Kushner esque Jamie I'm not calling Jamie Matthews Jared Kushner. But like you can have whatever front office weasels in there you want. Uh they're not gonna screw it up if you got a nice strong GM who's empowered to do the things he wants, right? I don't know. I'm <laughs> grasping at straws here. Jamie. Jamie Matthews has an American Studies degree from Providence. What's this guy doing being our capologist? I have friends with American Studies degrees from Ivy League institutions, and I can tell you, it's not that hard a degree. And they're not qualified to be capologists. Maybe Jamie would, was good at it. I don't know. but You're out! <laughs> oh, man. I was going to do this on Friday, but then it got preempted. By news of the Kyrie Irving trade demand. So let's do it Monday instead. Mailbag time! These are actual questions from actual listeners. They're all from Twitter. That's fine. That's a good way to get in touch with me. If we do a mailbag again, just tweet at LockedOnNicks and we'll figure it out. So let's go through some of these. So the first mailbag question comes from William F. Baldwin. He says, not a question... But could you spend three to five minutes talking about Derek Harper? That guy never gets any love from Knicks fans. <laughs> oh, Billy Baldwin. Um, I'm not going to spend three to five minutes on it. My memories of Derek Harper, though, were good. He came over from Mavericks. He had a cool mustache. He immediately got in a fight. Uh, and he was, like, rough. He seemed like a chance, which is what I call nerds. You'll get used to it. He seemed like a chance, and he came over and he's like, nah, I'm a Nick, and I'm going to fight some people. And he was a good point guard. He had a great career. He was part of that Knicks team that went to the finals in 94. Like most people on the Knicks, his best days were behind him when he came, but he contributed. Kind of like a Buck Williams-esque figure. Maybe contributed a little bit more than Buck. I don't know. But he surprised me. That was like my dominant memory. I was like, this nerdy maverick. Get him out of here. Back then, the Mavericks had, like, the nerdiest jerseys going. They were just, like, this weird nerd team that wasn't any good. Um, and, yeah, that's Derek Harper. That's what you get from me. All right? Let's move on. This one comes from John Sparks 82. Not John Starks. John Sparks 82. Who is the biggest F-up in Knicks history? Hint, sounds like Jared Jeffries. Uh, wash your mouth out with soap. You're not allowed to listen to this podcast again until you wash wash your fingers off, wash your mouth off. Shame on you. Jared Jeffries was a saint. He missed that layup that, you know, Melo hit him with the shot. He was wide open in the playoffs, and he missed it. But he was Draymond Green before Draymond Green was Draymond Green. In the modern-day NBA, he'd be making ten times as much as Derrick Rose is making this year. But um, Joke of the week. You're welcome. I don't know, the biggest F-up in Knicks history? Dolan. He's completely run the thing into the ground. Next question. This one comes from Seth. He says, he asks, Any chance Knicks make a Tony Parker move? Kylo Quinn and Lee in return? Nope, no chance at all. Not even a little bit. Next question! Comes from Morzingus. Could Mike Woodson's goatee... Beat up Mike D'Antoni's mustache. Uh, 
That is a good question. My gut immediately says yes, of course. I miss Woodson, by the way. I was looking for a Woodson gif to put in the tweet when I was asking for mailbag questions. I just love his face. I just want to curl up on it like a cat and like settle into his cheeks. You know what I mean? But uh, Mike Woodson's goatee, it's, it comes down to what their styles are, right? I think he's more of like a ground and pounder, like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And Mike D'Antoni's mustache is more of like a kickboxing. It's a little too, or like capoeira. So he's like dancing around and doing flips and stuff. And then Mike Woodson's goatee just arm bars him. I don't know if I'm using the right, you know, MMA is not really my thing. But I'm taking Mike Woodson's goatee for sure over D'Antoni's mustache. Twitter user Props Department says, Who are your favorite Knicks of all time besides Chris Smith? That is slander, sir. Uh, wash your mouth out. Wash your dirty fingers off. Cut, cut your hand off that you used to type that. Mail it to me. But embalm it first. Don't be gross. I don't want like a rotting hand. Be respectful. Come on. Uh, yeah, Chris... No, not, not Chris Smith. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. You know, I was born in 82. Probably like John Johnny Sparks 82 up above. You know, so he was uh, my childhood. Uh, he, I don't care what anyone says. He's better than Shaq. Don't at me. And I loved Oak. One of my favorite highlights from like my sporting childhood. I didn't go to a lot of Knicks games uh, as a kid. They were expensive. Went to a lot of Nets games because my dad would get tickets uh, for free through work. Um, so I went to a Nets game where Knicks were visiting, and we had like pretty good tickets, like where the players would, you know, near the tunnel where they would come in onto the court and when they would exit. And we were right on it, and I held my hand out as the Knicks were coming like back in from ha- like for halftime or maybe it was the end of the game. I forget. And and like most people slapped my hand, but Oak just like he saw me. He definitely saw me, and he refused. And I loved it. I was like twelve or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's so Oak. Um, in the Slack, in the in the posting and toasting Slack, people were uh, ripping on Herb Williams the other day. And I was like, what's the matter with you? I loved Herb Williams as a kid. It was just hilarious that he never left. Now that's like, I look back on that like with tainted memories because of all the Knicks people that should be gone but were not. But I just loved having him around. I loved that his name was Herb. Uh, Herb was a name that we used to say to call people dorks. When I was a kid, so that was hilarious. Was not a big Starks guy. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want, you know, all the hate mail to come flowing in. But, yeah, I mean, all my favorite Knicks come from that period. Uh, Mason, for sure. I mean, since then, you know, who have we, like, you know, Gallinari was kind of fun for a little bit. <laughs> they don't even touch. It's from that original, that early squad. Uh, not Houston. Although I did wear 20 in rec league in my church league for Allen Houston when they first got him. But he doesn't stand the test of time for me. Certainly not Chris Childs. Uh, <laughs> what was the question? The answer is Patrick Young. It's always Patrick Young. Okay. This one comes from Dylan. He says, Phil Jackson was obviously Donatello with his nerd strategies and triangles, but who on the 1718 Knicks would best represent each of the Ninja Turtles? Um, I don't know, man. Ugh. 
I, I honestly don't even remember. Let me see if I can remember all their names. We got Donatello, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and uh, Girardi. Was that his name? I don't know. I'm 34. I watched Turtles when I was a kid, but it's not one of those things that I ever want to revisit. Like, uh, unlike, for instance, I don't know. I would watch, like, an episode of Rocco's Modern Life again. I don't know why that popped into my head. Or Doug. I would watch another episode of Gumby if it came up. I liked Gumby when I was really young. I feel like those were demented. But Turtles? I don't know. I don't have any kids. I don't have any nieces or nephews. I don't remember them. But I'll try to do the matchup by what I do remember, right? Okay, so there's the one with, like, the long stick, right? Um, I don't remember their personalities. I don't remember their weapons. There's the guy who had the long stick, the bow. It was, like, long and skinny. Uh, so that could be Chris Depps. He's long and skinny, so he's that one. He's the bow one. Uh, there's the nunchucks, which are, like, more showy than they are effective. You're always, like, whipping them around and stuff. But, well, you know, nunchucks. And people think it's cool, but it's not that cool. Overrated. So... I mean, let's see, Derrick Rose is gone. It would be Derrick Rose, but he's not on the 1718 Knicks anymore. So, who's like flashy and overrated? I don't know. No one's really that flashy. Don't you dare say Tim Hardaway Jr. Don't you dare say it! Uh, there's not a good fit. There's just not a good fit. You know what? Uh Oh, kills me to say it. Billy Hernan Gomez. I think people overvalue him a little bit. He might wind up being awesome. I'm just, like, not all the way sold on him. That's where I stand with that. So he's the nunchucks guy. What else is there? Sword? Oh, the sword guy. Swords are way... Okay, so sword is the best, right? So sword is Chris Dapps. Sword guy is Chris Dapps. Long, skinny guy. Instead of, like, a, a bow... It's really long. It's too long. It's overcompensating. You're, like, hiding something. Uh, you know, like when someone buys a sports car. You know what I mean? So that would be... I love all the Knicks. So this is kind of negative. Uh, Dolan. Dolan's the guy with the bow. Chris Depps has the sword. Uh, Willie has the... Billy has the nunchucks. And what's the other one? Girardi. He's got the, uh, like, the little... Triangle things in his hand. They're like completely <laughs> useless. Uh, let's give those to... Uh, he's not on the team anymore. Marshall, Marshall Plumley. You know. Turtles. What do you... Grow up. Grow up, Dylan. And if you want me to do Sopranos... Woo! I could spend 17 more podcasts doing that. Trevor17 asks, How do you think Nilakina will turn out? I told you, I had like a feel, like a warmth washed over me when we drafted him. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to work out. I think he will make an all-star team. How do you like that? Huh? How do you like that? <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting aggressive. Okay. Anthony Irwin, LA, says, Hi, long-time listener, first-time caller. Can you please sign Rose so the Lakers don't? Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Good news, Anthony. Rose is signing with the Cavs, so you don't have to worry about it. We're all good there. I think that's it. (laughs) 
I think we're good. That's the mailbag. We'll do more of those. That was kind of fun. They could be more serious too. There were a couple. There was one more serious question, uh, which I didn't get to. All right, I'll do one more serious one. All right, we'll do this. Who gets more starts? This comes from Ricardo Albuquerque, which I think is this guy's real name. Shouts to you, Ricardo. That's an awesome name. It sounds like a Thomas Pynchon character. Ricardo Albuquerque. It's like a mysterious... I don't know what. Like a... Like a notary public, but not a lawyer. Um, you know, just like a guy... Yeah. That's it. A pension character. Ricardo Albuquerque. Anyway, who gets more starts? Lee, Coos, Billy, or Lance? Process of elimination. Coos is not going to start unless... A horrible calamity that I don't want to even think about happens. I mean, I guess without Mello, you're like, but no, it's not going to happen. Uh, Lance Thomas, he's an option. He's an option. I think Hernan Gomez gets the most starts of the of these. You know, you've got Lee. I think Lee will get a lot of starts at small forward. Because, um, I mean... No matter what, I think they want him behind Hardaway, right? I mean, Mill said you want Hardaway to be a starter. That's what they signed him to be. So he's going to start it too. So either way, whatever they wind up doing with Lee, it's less starts than Billy. I think I think Billy's penciled in as the uh, center, and Kristaps is the power forward. So Billy's going to get the bulk of those starts. All kinds of like injury stuff that could factor into it. But looking at it now. With a full team, without Mello, with some sort of point guard. That, uh, I guess this gets complicated when you start adding that in. That's why I didn't want to dig into it at first. Hmm. My gut says Billy. I like that. I like that. I'm already in vacation mode, I'm sorry. I'm looking forward to flying out to LA. I hope you guys have a good week without me. Who knows, maybe I'll be talking to you. Maybe something will happen with Mello. Maybe something will happen with Kyrie. I think both of these are going to take a little while more to shake out. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened in this week, but I think we're looking at the earliest next week. That's kind of my, my uh, feeling there. So, it's been another episode of Locked On Knicks. Thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate the support. Had a couple of nice comments sent my way as I begin this journey hosting Locked On Knicks, so I appreciate that. And we'll be back next week with more episodes of Locked On Knicks. Later.